I'm such a professional. <laughs> that happens to me. Like, I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Okay. Do you want to redo that? or? Let's go again. Let, okay. Let's pretend we didn't do this already. <laughs> Hello and, wel- <laughs> Hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Quibble, known to my friends as Marv, and this time I'm speaking with Amanda from the incredibly well and perfectly titled Dating Will Be the Death of Me. Hey Amanda, thank you for speaking with me today. Thank you so, so much for having me on. I've been excited to do this. Now, I'll pretend that I didn't start to do this before. Um, so your show, basically you discuss your own experiences and some, some funny and some not so funny anecdotes from your own history of, um, dating in, and I see it as a way for people to hopefully learn from this and to, um, know what to look for. Yeah. Well, so I, I still don't know what to look for apparently. So I'm just hoping that it's a place now where people can like, share experiences as well but it was just supposed to be like me telling these stories and um it's kind of it's definitely evolved so I was just told by some friends like you've had some crazy stories you might as well tell them and it's it's definitely evolved into getting some other people on who definitely know what to look for more than I do so I've I've been getting more advice than other people than me giving other people advice. So is it, um, has it become like, are, are the people that listen to the show, are they responding now and giving you sort of like giving you their own stories and having discussions with you about their own experiences? Yeah. And especially since I've been on Twitter, I feel like a lot of people are, are responding more, but um, in, in just opening up this platform, just even people that I've known for a long time are like, oh, you're someone that I can talk to these things. I can talk about these things to you where I don't I feel like a lot of like dating and like sex and all that kind of stuff is people would rather hide the bad experiences and talk through them. And I feel like now it's like people know they can talk to me about whatever they go through. And I'm more inclined to now talk to people about these things just to make sure like I'm not the only person that's going through these crazy experiences. So do you think it's almost a form of um, catharsis where you're discussing these things and you're getting them into the open? The more that you discuss them, the more that that you learn from those and things and you see these things and they sort of teach you in a way and make it, I don't know whether to say easier, but more of a understandable way about doing things. Yeah, it is cathartic because all you need is one other person to be like, I went through that same situation and just talking about that is, you just get to, to talk through it. Like I had a situation recently and that, that will be on my next episode, which comes out on Tuesday, tomorrow, um, where I just didn't even understand. I didn't even understand what happened. No. And then just talking through it, I was like, well, maybe this is what they were thinking. This is what I was thinking. And 
it is a form of catharsis because you just be, you you get that chance to talk through it. And I think I think the more you talk through things and talk through experiences, the more you would rather talk through it than be like, wow, I must have messed up so bad that like I'm I'm in the wrong or I did something really really horrible, but hearing other people's perspective on it, you can be like no, you're allowed to have your feelings and they're allowed to have their feelings, but this is where I was coming from. And maybe they can give you a perspective on where that person was coming from. Yes. So, um, I mean, listening to your show, um, I've, I've listened to a few episodes so far. It makes me think about various things. Um, you know, like, um, I know one couple who do, who want to do one of the shows I listened to, they met during the whole lockdown of COVID and that must have been really difficult. And I want to know how some of the dating apps and websites that you discuss on your show, how did they work and how, and how would people have got together during that sort of period? That must have been really stressful. Yeah, it was. A lot of the apps did a great job of making it so there were virtual hangouts or Um, I know Bumble did something where you could have a game night where you sign in and it's not face to face or anything, but you would send each other questions or you you would do trivia. Um, So they definitely, the dating apps adapted really well to not being able to meet up. But my biggest thing with the dating apps is you don't know someone until you meet them in person. Yes. So it was hard. It was definitely hard. And I, maybe I was vetting people better during the pandemic. Cause I was, you know, asking the questions like, are you out and about like are what's important to you? And, and maybe being in the pandemic and not being able to go out and meet whoever, whenever made you ask better questions. But at the same time, like I'm not with anyone that I met during the pandemic. So it must've not worked that great. But the, the apps did do a good job of giving you at least like fun ways of kind of making up for the fact that you couldn't meet up in person. It was hard, though. It sure was hard. <laughs> but, but it's a tough thing anyway, because even in real life, outside of dating apps, people, some people will pretend to be different to the way that they are. And it's 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 really tough to find people who will be, shall we say, real Yeah. And I mean, it's one of those things where you really never know someone ever. Right. I mean, not to be like super fatalist about it, but you hear about all these horrible things where someone who has known someone their whole life and then they end up doing something horrible. So you can only hope that someone is their true authentic self. And that's what that that's what I do. But you know, you can only, you give in what you get out or you get out what you give in. Um, but it is hard because it's easy to, it's easy to be someone else online. Yeah. But at the same time, you've, there's something about it where you've got to keep that positivity that you will get to there at some point and the person is there for you and you've got to sort of stay positive with that because there's a certain 
certain thing where a lot of us we're always we're looking for that specific person it's almost as if they complete you as a couple i'm not going to get i don't know whether i should get all romantic and everything about it but there is something about that where you know everybody's after that i think or a lot of people are anyway yeah and and all you can do is keep looking or maybe because so many people say it, it happens when you're not looking for it but you know it's so easy to get caught up in your own life and like it's if I if I wasn't consciously like going out and about I would just be in my routine of going to work coming home working out going to bed that's easy too so yeah I mean I I am actively looking for that person to complete me so there we go that's nice to know so um, Maybe one. But, but there are so many different dating apps and websites so how would somebody know where that where to look for and are the specific sites that are the best sites to go to and the best apps to to use yeah i think it's definitely depending on what you're looking for so there are apps that are strictly for like hookups. Uh, I would say Tinder more so now is more of like a hookup app. Bumble is kind of becoming that from what I understand. Um, Grinder definitely if you're like a gay man, like that's more of a hookup app. Hinge, I would say, is where I go if I'm like trying to find someone. Because that is an app where like you can fill out a lot more on your profile and I'm more inclined to go for someone who's filled out their profile more because that shows me that they put an effort, but you know, there's match.com where that's, I think you have to pay for. So that's just showing like an extra added, someone's giving even more to, to be really serious about finding their person. So I think it really comes down to what you're looking for. And there's definitely more apps for sure. I just, I got to the point where I'm like, even being on two apps is a lot. So Bumble and Hinge are the two that I'm on. And, you know, like I said, there's more out there, but those are the two that I've just, I'm most familiar with. So I stick to, but there's like coffee meets bagel, plenty of fish. Yes. There's a lot out there. (laughs) So I think, I mean, if you're really, if you're really trying to find the app that fits you best, just a little bit of research yep. is all you I've, need to find. I mean, I was going to say I've, I've heard, I mean, I, I wouldn't know, but apparently there's Silver Singles. That's the place for the elderly to go to, I, I believe. What's it called? I think it's called Silver Singles. Oh, I've never heard of that. I think. I I, I, okay. I just did a Google search the other day and looked. <laughs> <laughs> what did you type in, like, dating apps? And that yes, came that's up? It, that's exactly what I put. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been, off, you've been off the dating scene for a while. I've been off the dating scene for decades. So this is all new. This go. is all, like, a different language. <laughs> it really is. Absolutely. But it's 
it's fun listening to it because it's it's just interesting to listen to these things. And I mean, even I remember mistakes made back in the day with, you know, trying to hook up with people and things like that. It's it, like we said, it's not easy to find that one person. So can I turn the tables on you and ask you a question? Go on then, yeah. Well, so what made you like your person? Um, okay. Right. I've got, I've got to watch how I word this because my other half didn't want me to go into too much detail. So oh, we don't have to, to say, <laughs> Okay. So we, no, we met, um, we were both on a course at the same time together with each other and, um, we liked each other almost instantly, but Louise didn't know that, and I didn't know that Louise liked me. I, I had this strange thing where I, I thought that I wasn't that much of a person, really. I, I wasn't very self-confident back then. and so. But over time, um, I sort of made friends with Louise through a, through a friend of Louise's essentially on the course and it happened over a few months where we just sort of like it grew from it just grew naturally I mean it sounds awful to say it you know for you know when when you're talking about people going onto websites and looking for people that just naturally we seem to grow a friendship and that went from there and went on to become what it has become you know even now like we said before we started you know 30 years later we're together and you know, it's amazing. But I think so, that's so yeah. awesome. I think a friendship is like the best base to start with. Yeah. And grow from. So I'm happy for you. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. There you go. I answered <laughs> a question <laughs> on my own show. Yay. <laughs> Yay. I mean, I have a lot of questions, but I don't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> Should I ask? Go on then. What other questions have you got? Well, I don't want to pry. Right. We might do this after recording, maybe. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so, what made you to actually decide to uh, to actually start the show all about this? Then, was it a form of catharsis that you just thought, if I get this out there? it might help other people and help me at the same time. I think it was more of a helping me just like talking through it. Um, yeah. I got to the point where like I had so many crazy dating stories that my friend Casey was like, you need to have a, a podcast, write a book or start a podcast. And I was like, starting a podcast is probably easier than writing a book. And it, it just was like fun telling the first story. And then from there, you know, I, so it, it's a lot harder than I thought it would be. And I feel like everyone says that when they start a podcast, but it really was like the first time doing it was like, oh, that was nice to just talk through. So it was less of, cause I don't think that I have good advice to give people. Like I'm not the person to give advice cause clearly I'm not doing a good job at dating cause I'm still single and having horrible dates but 
it after the first one, I was like, okay, this is fun. And then after recording a few, I was like, this is, if no one listens to it, other than the friends that I have, that I tell it, like, talk to about it with, um, that's, that's fine. And then it, it kind of started growing. And from there, it's, you know, it's, it's been really cool connecting with people and the podcast community is super cool and super welcoming. So yeah. it's definitely taken a turn that I, I wasn't expecting it to. And now having people on here that actually have sound advice and, you know, I just had someone on that was a sexologist. She studied sex and she wow. has sta- sound advice and like tried and true you know, scientific evidence to give. Whereas like, yeah, my dating stories are good, I guess, um, ways to connect with other people that are dating. And maybe if someone is on a date where someone mentions that they like to lick people's eyeballs, they might know to get out of there right away. Whereas I stuck around for that date. (laughs) I remember Um, that episode. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a good one. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's come a long way, but it honestly just started from my friend saying, your stories are crazy. Start a podcast. And eventually you, because you've got it out there anyway, then you've got it recorded and it's essentially, you could, you could actually still base a book on it if you wanted to, because the stories are there to translate into a, into a book format if you wanted to. This is true. This is true. <laughs> there you go. Offering advice. There you go. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. But I would assume that there are times where you could actually date somebody and they would be a decent person, but not the person as well. I've met a lot of really awesome people and they're just not my people. And we have that conversation and it's not like a friend zoning thing where like, it's just me not interested in them. It's just a mutual thing. And I'm friends with two people who are amazing people. And we just, we're not each other's person, but we met on dating apps and we're able to still have like really cool conversations and hang out. And that's my biggest thing that I've learned, I guess, in dating is it doesn't have to be like an all or nothing thing. Like if I, you know, if that spark isn't there or that like physical connection isn't there, that doesn't mean you're not meant to be something in my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, I mean, I've there's a lot of really cool people out there and not every single person I've been on a date with that I'm not with is a bad person or I've not had bad experiences with everyone, but I've definitely been out with a lot of really, really cool people. So for as many bad dates as I've had, I've had a lot of good or fine dates that just didn't go anywhere. And that's fine. It's not a bad experience. It's just an experience. You've answered a question. I was going to follow that up with, because I was going to say, um, have you actually made remained friends with any of these people? And you've just said yes. So an, an interesting one, I don't know if you've thought about this, would be possibly bring them on an episode and then discuss the whole, you know, what 
why it didn't work that way. Maybe that might be an interesting subject. I don't know. So you got to get a little bit further on my podcast. I brought um, my friend Jesse on. Okay. And he and I talked about, yeah, so we've, we've talked and I'm, I still hang out with him. And um, we did, we kind of talked through like, yeah, we didn't work and this is why. And I would definitely love to have more people on. It's just, it's, it's tough dating and also telling people about my podcast because I don't want anyone to think ever that like I'm exploiting the date. Like I'm not on a date for the podcast. You're not, (laughs) you're not going to be called out on my podcast by name. So he was super cool because I, we had gone on a date way before the podcast happened. Then we reconnected after I started, started my podcast and now we're hanging out and I would love to have him back on. Um, but I have another, another friend too, that he's been awesome. Like he bought me the mic for my podcast. He's a really good person. And I think those are cool conversations to have. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily, that's not true. A lot of people do talk to their exes or like, people they've dated, but I feel lucky that, cause they're both really good people and I feel lucky that I'm able to stay in touch with them. So you just got to listen a little bit further. That's coming up. <laughs> I'll look forward to that. But is, is he discussed then with you on the show about his experiences after that with his dating perhaps? I forget if it was on the show. We've definitely talked a little bit about it. And like, he knows about my dating experiences too, because he listens to the podcast. Yep. It's funny because I don't, it doesn't make things awkward. Like when we hang out, there's still like, you know, like we're attracted to each other. Like there's that flirty part, but like, I think we both know it's not going anywhere or it could be, who knows? I don't know. You never know. So you don't find yourself going going with him to places and trying to hook him up with people and saying, well, she'd be good for you. No, I don't do that. No. I don't do that with anyone, though. Do you do that? No, absolutely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't dare try to tell people who's right for them. Yeah, because you never know. I, th- I think it's up to them to find out who's who's the right person, really. They yeah. will find that person without anybody trying to help them. For sure. So, what? Well, it was all the people that you've mentioned then that was the inspiration, all these people that said to you, uh, well, you ought to make a podcast about this and do the book. So we'll get to the next one then. What would you say are your top five tips for people um, – on the dating scene? Uh, My first one would be don't, well, so people on the apps or just people dating in general would be don't limit yourself to like a type because I think a lot of people have a type and that's fine. Like there's people that you're like, I don't know, like I only date certain heights or whatever. And I think there's a difference between being attracted to a certain person and like cutting yourself off from certain people. And I don't believe in cutting yourself off from 
a whole group of people. So I would say maybe know your attractions, but don't have a type. Because I know friends who only will date a very selective group of people. And I feel like you, you limit yourself from dating or from meeting a lot of people. Yep. Um, so I would say have, have preferences, maybe don't have a type, if that even makes sense. My second tip would be trust your instinct. If something doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. Third tip would be as hard as it is when you're dating, try to have fun with it because it can be fun. I don't think it has to be some like, oh my God, this date didn't go well. So it's the end of the world. Like, yeah, it probably sucks in the moment and then move on from it and just learn from it. So don't treat a bad date like it is the end of the world or like it's something that you did wrong or don't like swear off men forever. Like all men are like this. Learn from it, grow from it, move on from it and find like something funny from it. Five tips. Five is a lot. Maybe a tip is find a place you feel comfortable and maybe go there for all your dates. Like if you get to know the staff there, they kind of can look out for you. And if you're comfortable there, you don't have to have that added pressure of like, there's so many unknowns on a first date. At least if you know the place, that's one known. And then a last tip is just like, don't expect too much too quickly. Yep. Yep. Don't, don't do like some of these dating shows where somebody will appear at the date and they'll straight away discuss the, the future and potential marriage details. Because some of those you see on these shows and you just, you watch them and you think, no, no, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like how many kids do you want? Where do you want to live? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to to us having enough children so we can have our own baseball team. Yay! Yeah, like damn. Okay. <laughs> Where's the door? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so looking at looking at that, then that that brings us on to, you know, are there any things that people should avoid? Then you know, I've, I've put it down here as dating faux pas, things that you just do not do on a date. I think the biggest one is talking about exes. Yep. On a first date, I don't think there's any situation where you need to bring up an ex on a first date. No. And don't be on your phone. Those are the two big ones that really bother me. Um, Assuming things about people too. Like that's something I, I recently have just been like, it, Oh, it makes me so me- so angry when someone's like, well, so you must think this. Or like, if I had to guess, you would think this. I'm like, you don't know me. Ask me. Yes. Don't assume. So, yeah, those are big things for me. Don't talk about your ex. Don't be on your phone. 
or like obviously you can check your phone but don't like scroll through or like one thing that's been happening recently is someone brings out their phone to show you a picture and then they're showing you all the pictures they're showing you all the things like put your phone away (laughs) and then yeah what was the third thing oh don't assume things about people yes the whole idea of that is to you're there to find out about each other not to assume about the other person you're there to listen talk discuss with the other person have a conversation find out more about each other by asking questions by you know just being in that situation there in the moment and enjoying it and not trying to force your own opinions into there you know like i said it's to find out who somebody else who that other person is and to find out if they work because going back to something you said said earlier this this business with people having a type the whole problem with that is that if you push too much for that you lose what's most important which is the personality of somebody so if you're going out for a type you might find a type that you know if you're into somebody who's, you know, blonde, blue eyes, blah, 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 this, that, and the other, you might find somebody who's absolutely like that person that you see in your head, but they might not be a nice person that fits right. with you. So you have to sort of like come out, essentially drop those chains that you're stuck with, with those sort of like ideas that you have beforehand, and just look for somebody that, is a nice person and suits you and ma- and works with you as your personalities work with each other. Right. Yeah, because just because someone looks a certain way doesn't mean anything. No. And it's it's the assumptions that you make that get you in trouble a lot of times. Absolutely. So we sort of know what what research you do to a certain degree for the show, which is your history with, with dating. I mean, you, you do look at other things as well as that. So what sort of research do you do before shows? And how do you decide what you're actually going to talk about for each episode? Yeah, so after I kind of moved on from just doing like the anecdotal thing, I started connecting with other podcasters and and the research wasn't necessarily like an important thing other than listening to the episodes of the podcasters I was having on. So that was an easy transition, but so I did an episode recently on like love bombing and that was something where as much as it like happened to me and like, you know, the expression of love bombing. I wanted to find out a little bit more about it. So, you know, I read a few articles and and kind of did some research there. I don't claim to be an expert in any sort of dating or relationship area. So I really do like to hear from other people who have done the research and have done the, you know, training or studying. So I I guess I'm kind of lazy in that sense where like I like to have people come on that are experts or are more adept in that. So another, I guess another thing that I'm exploring is I'm single. 
So having people on that are in relationships, I'm going to hopefully have my parents on. They've been married for 36 years. So they're, I would, I would call them like experts in marriage. You know, no marriage is perfect, but they've been married for a long time. So that's not something that I could ever research enough to know more than they do because they're married and I'm not. So having people that are in situations and living the situation, I would rather have them come on and tell their story than me try to research and give my opinion of it where I have no kind of standing to, to do that, if that makes sense. Yep. And that's uh, congratulations on your mum and dad for such a great, you know, long lasting well, relationship as well. Yeah, they're pretty cool. <laughs> well, they, well, yes. So, <laughs> I don't know what else to say to that as an answer. So how do you record and then edit the show? So I've just been using Anchor. I'm still pretty new to podcasting in general. I started in September and I I don't even remember how I found Anchor. But yeah, so I'll, I'll record all the way through and then go back and, and go in and edit. And then I don't know what they did, but they took out the music that I usually use. So I'm going to have some new intro music coming in the next episode, which I don't know how to feel about it because it's different, but... I tried to get the same vibe, but uh, I've been, you know, being on like Twitter and, and hearing from other podcasters, I've been like, hearing about other editing tools and stuff like that. So I'm definitely, now that I'm off for the summer, I'm a teacher, I'm off for the summer, I'm going to definitely do a little bit more research in terms of editing and, and podcast producing to find out what what is the best method and all that. That must make it really difficult then, the dating scene uh, during school terms, because you're so busy being a teacher that finding the time as well must be a nightmare. Yeah, especially, so I was waking up at like 5.40 in the morning, um, and I would usually, I mean, I'm so lame. I have dinner at like 4 p.m., and then I'm trying to go to bed by like 7.30, 8 o'clock. So most other people that get off, get off at five, like a nine to five job, they usually do their thing. And then they're ready to go on a date by like six thirty seven. And at that point I'm already in my pajamas. So yeah, the summer is my time to thrive for dating. So we'll see what happens. Good luck for the summer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so when you get guests then, how do you choose what guests you're going to have and how do you get the guests onto the show? Ah, uh, so I'm lucky that I have a lot of people that want to come on in terms of like people that I know in my life just naturally, but I feel like it's so easy to connect whether it's through Instagram or Twitter. I connected with Bree who was from the Queen Collective just because she was posting a lot of things that like really resonated with me that were very pro women, pro debunking like sex myths. So that was something where I'm like, I would love to learn more about what you know. You've studied sex. You're a sexologist. So that was something really interesting to me. I've had people on from Netflix shows. So that was a shot in the dark. I was like, let me put it out there and see if they respond. And they did, which was super cool. And 
you know, it's just, I, I want to hear from people that are in the dating scene that are either actively dating or were actively dating and, and can give advice or experiences and stories. My friend Rudy is, you know, my one of my best friends. So he's just easy to talk to. So it kind of varies between putting myself out there and reaching out, but also like having people that I'm close to and can have just like an honest conversation with. So it's kind of all over the place. <laughs> the episode with Rudy, I, I laughed a lot during that episode because I was listening to it and it was it was almost like you were both so close to just losing it constantly through the episode where every time you'd you'd make each other laugh and you had to stop yourselves. It sounded like you had to stop yourselves from, from going over the top with the laughing and just losing that altogether. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's just he's one of those people that I don't talk to people on the phone often. He lives in LA now. Yeah. I whenever I need just like a pick me up or just a kind of someone to connect with and kind of ground me, he's the person I call. So, no, he's he's a real he's a real one for sure. He's <laughs> one of those special friends that you always need, um, you know, when yes. you're in one of those moments. Exactly. So you've already mentioned the music and logo as well. Well, actually not the logo, but um, the the music, but the logo, where did that come from? And did you design that? No, but I love it. It's just like, it was a an anchor thing. Just as I was creating, it was, because I had something else, I think at first, or no, I had a different name at first. I think I, my it was going to be just dating sucks, but it kind of developed into dating will be the death of me. That was just like something that stood out to me because you're kind of like looking in on people in a restaurant and, and yeah, I wish I could say I designed it, but I didn't. So. Well, <laughs> I think the title works better uh, as dating yeah. will be the death of me because it's almost like it's taking it to the, the level of it's not just dating for dating. It's almost like, a second job in a sense that you're so you're doing your normal job and then you're out and working again at trying to find that person so you know it's like people sometimes say oh this job will be the death of me it's it's the same thing where you're working that hard on trying to do that that it, it feels like that yeah it does and it, it, honestly dating has felt like a second job sometimes because all I want to do sometimes when I get home is just put on my pajamas and, and check in for the night. But it's, you know, putting on your social cap and being like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to like go out and try to meet someone new. And I guess my biggest thing is I just want to find someone that I don't have to try with and that can come to my house and just chill. It's like the going out and having to like be on for a little bit is exhausting. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for that much. I just want someone to like come over and hang out. <laughs> it's difficult because in this day and age, it's it's all it's changed in a way because essentially people work more hours than they used to in a way. So you are you spend that long at work and getting to work, coming back from work, that you've got such little time to actually go out there that it makes it more difficult 
and going and having that long at work means you're always with the same people all of the time. So you're not actually yeah. meeting new people. So it's more difficult to actually go out there and find somebody and find the time to do it. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, you're not like out and about running into new people. Yeah, and especially like in a in a school. I'm not trying to date people in the school that I work at because it's such a small, close-knit community where it's it would be uncomfortable if anything went wrong you're stuck with those people so absolutely so choosing arranging guests choosing topics music crikey i feel like i've rushed through this but it then again i don't you're good no i feel like we've gone through a lot (laughs) we have in a very short space of time sort of yeah we're efficient we're quick and to the point we are. That's how, that's how we are in Boston, so. That's all the experience that you've had coming out, though. You know, quick, to the point, you know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so what advice would you give to people, then, if they wanted to make a podcast of their own? I guess to start your own podcast, like, know, know what you want to talk about. Yeah. I think... I just saw something and I I don't fact check things that I see on Twitter, which is like a really bad habit. But someone said there's like more than 2 million podcasts, but only like 37% of them have put out a new episode in the last three months or something. Wow. So I think if you don't know what you want to talk about or what your goal is, it's really easy to lose steam, which I did in the beginning. I put out an episode two episodes in September, one episode in October, an episode in November. And then I was like MIA until January. So now having a goal to put out an episode a week and, you know, planning ahead and making the connections and making plans, doing that makes it easier. Cause then I'm not like, Oh my God, like it's Tuesday. I got to put something out. If you know what your goal is, you can work towards your goal rather than panicking or, you know, trying to decide what you want to do after you start it. Cause there's no rush. Like there's always a time to make a podcast, but think about what you actually want to say and what you want to accomplish with it is the biggest thing. And like I said, I, I petered out real quick in the beginning cause I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. It was just like, let me tell my dating stories, but it's, you know, now I can, I'm trying to like foster conversation and, make connections and give people a place to talk and, and tell their stories. So, Well, I think it's worked because essentially what you've done is you started out with a basic idea and now because of where you've gone, it, it gives you something to fall back on. So now you could, you've got these shows where you talk to people about their own experiences mm-hmm. or, and then, as a backup, you could always, if you can't get hold of somebody, you could always go go back, go to the other alternative, which is the other show's versions of the show you were doing, where it is about the anecdotes and about your own experiences as well. So the fact that you've got all these different areas that you can look at in the show means that you've got that wealth of ability to record a show no matter what, really. Yeah. That's true, because I definitely have stories that I haven't told yet 
So if I really wanted to dig back in the archive, I could tell a story. But I I don't know if you feel this way. I genuinely have a much better time talking to someone on a podcast than trying to do it by myself. Yes. I mean, I, I don't actually do a podcast on my own. That That's the um, – I said to somebody recently on one of the recent shows I recorded that the interesting thing is that I'm talking to fellow podcasters so they know what they're doing, essentially. So that actually makes my job a lot easier because they're doing – what I'm trying to do essentially. So they're in charge of my podcast in a way <laughs> a lot of the time. There you go. Oh, so you have it easy. I do have it really easy. I'm probably, I'll probably have the easy, easiest chat show going. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Good for you. No, you're killing it. <laughs> Thank you. So where can people find your show and get hold of you? Yeah, so I'm on all your major podcast platforms, um, Spotify, Anchor. You can find me on Good Pods, which is um, my new favorite thing to be on because I used to use Goodreads, and I did not know that Goodreads and Good Pods were connected. So on Good Pods, you can find me. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I was saying that, I was like, yeah, no, it, it it's so obvious, but like, it literally took me so long to be like, oh, my God, good pods, good reads. But, yeah, so you can find me on there. Listen to me there. I'm on Instagram at dating will be the death of me. And then on Twitter at dating death of me. And I mostly I'm on Instagram for like updates and polls and, you know, try to be interactive and just ask people what they want to hear. Their experiences just, you know, hey, like, are you going on a date this week? Let me know how it goes. And then Twitter, I'm like newly on because, like I said, the Twitter, uh, Twitterverse is very active and very entertaining. So definitely entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> and incidentally, I thought earlier on when we were talking about the catharsis side of it, it, it I suddenly remembered another podcast that I've talked to that's that's not about dating, but do you know um, Chris and Geraldine from We Were On A Break? No. They had a problem in their relationship because they're married and uh, they <clears throat> uh, went elsewhere, shall we say, in their relationship and so oh. they had a very short break from each other because they basically fell apart from each other. But then okay. through some sort of epiphany, they're, which they're telling in their own, on their own show, they're telling people how this all came to happen and then why they got back together each other with each other and what they're doing to repair that. And they actually have a much better relationship now than they did beforehand for some reason. And I thought you might find that interesting. You might find them interesting as well. Yeah. It's called We Were On A Break. Yes, it is. Yep. Oh my gosh. That's super interesting. Yeah. I'm going to give that a listen. So let's have a look. Um, I'll send you a, um, on Instagram, I'll put you in touch with those two so that you know what you're looking for on their show, if yeah, you like. That would be awesome. That sounds super cool. Okay. Anyway, thank you for speaking with me today, Amanda. 
Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been really fun. It has. Lots of fun. So you can get hold of me at Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and through podslikeus at gmail.com. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening and hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us.